we had some really interesting results about the, the gut microbiota because we um, saw that we had uh, this modulation of the gut microbiota because we had um, lower uh, concentration of bacteria considered um, um, pathogenic pathogenic yes <laughs> to, the, to the animals and such as Escherichia coli and we had some increase of concentration of bacteria considered um, beneficial to animals such as lactobacillus and bifidobacterium a whole new era of communication in the pet food industry is coming Now you have the brightest minds in the global pet food industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Wilbur Ellis Nutrition. Make one call, find it all. Wilbur Ellis Nutrition, your partner for pet ingredients and services. Trow Nutrition. The science of ingredients, nutrition, and blending. Chemin Nutrisurance is your pet food and rendering partner every step of the way. ProAmpac is changing the future of sustainable pet food packaging. Learn more at pets.proampac.com. Welcome to the Pet Food Science Podcast Show, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and all that's working in the pet food industry. 84 million times a day, pets eat meals with ingredients from Trow Nutrition. We bring together the science of ingredients, nutrition, and blending to unleash possibilities for pet food brands. Premixes are just the start. Turn to Trow for higher inclusion ingredients too, like proteins and carbohydrates, and highly sensitive ingredients like probiotics. With our palatants and base blends, you can feel confident about what comes in our bags and goes in yours. Learn more at TrowNutritionPets.com. Welcome to the... Pet Food Science Podcast, and we're here today. I'm very pleased uh, to be here. Um, we're going to we're going to be talking about some interesting areas of pet food that I'm not as familiar with as perhaps many others. But we're with Dr. So I always do this poorly, but um, Dr. Soatis, um, yes. and Dr. Soatis is is joining us, and we're going to talk about this area of essential oils. So these sort of uh, fatty acids that have interest to, uh, to many people, including uh, pet food science nutritionists. Um, but I want to, if you would just give us a little bit of your background and, and how you got interested in pet food nutrition and sort of how you fit. I, I know you're, you're currently in Brazil, I think. Yes. And so uh, tell us about how that you know, brought, us, uh, brought you into this area. Okay, so um, I have... Um, uh, I'm, I have a bachelor's degree in veterinary medicine from the Federal University of Paraná. Uh, it's in the city um, in the south of Brazil. And I have a master's degree um, from the same uh, university, also from the Federal University of Paraná in veterinary science. So um, my interest in, um, in animal nutrition, especially in companion animal nutrition, um, started when I was in in, in college, so um, I've um, was doing um, a subject called uh, dogs and cats nutrition, and that uh, I was really interested about this field. 
So I did an uh, ex ex externship in the pet food industry, and then I continued my studies doing a master's degree. So this is a field that really interested me. So I keep studying it. Okay, that, thank you. And how did you get interested specifically in essential oils? What, what brought you into that area of research? Yeah, so um, essential oils in, in animal nutrition, especially in dogs and cats nutrition, we, we don't have many studies um, analyzing it. Uh, we have most studies with essential oils is on swines or poultry nutrition. So I got, uh, like, I was curious about it. And my master uh, thesis was about the essential oil in dog's nutrition. So um, I've researched a lot about it. And I was very um, excited to learn more about it because it's, uh, as I said, it's, um, it's a field that we don't have m uh, many research on the literature. No, I, I, I know that too. And I've had some interest in it, although I have to tell you, I've never had any success in it. So I'm very, very interested to hear about your project. Now, help for, for, the, for the people listening and help us understand what would you define as an essential oil? Because it's maybe a little different than, than the definition we might normally use. Yeah, so um, essential oils are natural bioactive compounds extracted by different parts of plants, such as um, roots, flowers, leaves. Uh, they are ext uh, extracted mainly by steam or water dist hydro distillation, actually. And it has um, a lot of properties, different properties, that can um, be really helpful to animals. Um, as, anti, as antioxidant, antimicrobial, um, anti-inflammatory properties. So um, the essential oils, they have um, mainly uh, action against gram-positive um, bacteria, but some components of essential oils, such as carbacrol and timol, they can exert um, action even against gram-negative bacteria. So um, mainly to to start our conversation, I think um, it's this. I I wonder if you could just maybe give us some examples. What what might be good examples of essential oil? I mean, because this whole phytochemical area is really really a lot larger than the essential oil area. So so like like what did you personally work on? What are what are some good examples of essential oil? Yeah, so on my master thesis, um, we worked on oregano, essential oil, which the main components are carbacrol and timol. Um, and it's uh, good. Uh, we had some good results with it. But it's important to highlight that um, in my master thesis, we worked on um, oregano essential oil and also yeast cell wall. So it, it was not um, isolated, the essential oil. So they were together in, in your project, yes. they were together. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes, it was a blend. So the yeast cell, were you specifically looking for beta-glucans or why did you use the yeast cell walls? It, it was already together in, in the product, the commercial I product. See. Okay, okay. So... Probably in in uh, yeast, they were looking for, I, I would guess, a microbiota effect, um, a, as well as what the what the oregano oil would would do both to the microbiota and the and the pet itself. And this was done in dogs. 
Yes, you you mean the study about microbiote? Yeah, your study, the one that you completed. Tell us about what your response variables were there. Yeah, so we um, analyzed the gut microbiote and also the digestibility and palatability of the the diet. Um, and we have some re- we had some really interesting results about the the gut microbiote because we um, saw that we had uh, this modulation of the gut microbiote because we had um, lower uh, concentration of bacteria considered. Um, um, pathogenic, pathogenic, yes, <laughs> to the to the animals, and such as Escherichia coli, and we had some increase of concentration of bacteria considered um, beneficial to animals, such as Lactobacillus and Bifidobacterium. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important also to say that about palatability, because oregano essential oils and Essential oils, maybe in general, they have um, organoleptic properties. Strong palatability properties, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, they have like strong um, um, organoleptic properties. So um, we don't have many studies an- analyzing the palatability, but one um, that was using essential oils from plants from Brazil. Um, mm. We also had... Um, then uh, we didn't have an increase of palatability with this. And also with the, re- with the research that I performed, um, we also didn't have an uh, increase of palatability. But the animals consumed the diets um, normally. Right. So if, if I could help the audience a little bit, there's sort of two questions about palatability, right? One is the one you spoke of. Did the animals increase their pal? Did they, did they tend to choose it over, over the others? And you're saying, no, that didn't happen. But the next question is, does it affect the pal? Does it affect that taste experience enough that it actually influences energy intake? So that if you put it in, they might actually not get the energy that they want. And you're saying, oh, no, on that mono test, on that test of just the one bowl, they ate enough calories. It was, it was, it was totally yeah. sufficient. So my perspective of palatability is there's kind of two kind of tests. One is you present two uh, options, two or more options to a pet and say, which one do you like? And yes. what you told me when that happened is they didn't really necessarily get a benefit out of the oregano essential oil with the yeast cell walls. But the other kind of palatability question is asking, do they, when they're offering this food, do they influence caloric intake? Is it perhaps so bad they don't want to eat enough of it? Um, and, and in that test, it said, no, they, they, they were just fine. They, they ate uh, sufficient calories to maintain body weight and have health. So, so I think that's what you were telling me. Yes, yes. So, like when we offer them two diets, like a standard diet and a diet with um, oregano essential oil and the uh, oil, like um, sometimes they first went to the the pot with um, oregano essential oil with the yeah. blend, but then they uh, change it to the other food, mm-hmm. and then they eat completely the the other food. So, yes, it, it, it happened. With, uh, what you said. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. What were your, you know, you said you looked at microbiota and so you had lactobacillus, you had bifidobacteria, things we sort of, we, we sort of like them to go up. Um, and then you had some negatives that you, you sort of, maybe they weren't causing disease, but you sort of like them to go down. Um, how, how did you measure those? What was your, what was your methodology for measuring the microbiota? Yes, so we used a commercial kit to analyze it, the, the microbiota, and we did the collection of uh, fresh feces, and then we put into um, uh, microtopes, and then we put into a freezer and store it there for a, for a few days, and then analyze it um, in an outside laboratory from the mm-hmm. faculty from, uh, to get the results from microbiota. And when you do that, how many total, like, would you measure genera or, or you know, what, what level of distinction do you get on that analysis? Um, we get genera and we uh-huh. had nine um, species that different, dif- uh, we had different statistical difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you had species and genera level. And then yeah. those nine included the lactobacillus and the bifidobacteria that we sort of we sort of all know going in. You'd kind of like to see them go up. Yeah. Did, did, did you see that it mattered in any way? Those are kind of healthy changes, and 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 a pet food owner might think, you know, I'd kind of like to buy a product that has that. Did you did you notice anything else going on in the pets, or was this just a study uh, involving the microbiota? Yeah, like we didn't notice anything else. Um, we had uh, also the uh, the analysis of digestibility that we had great results, um, except that we had a uh, lower digestibility of dry matter when um, the diet contained uh, three kilos per ton of the blend. But um, besides this, um, we didn't have uh, any anything else like um, about uh, regarding the animals. Just just for our. Um non-metric people in this. When you say ton, you mean a thousand kilograms? Yes. Yeah. So three kilos. So you're at 0.3%, um, which is a sort of reasonable level for a fiber addition. How much well, of that is, was the oregano oil? Um, how much essential oregano essential oil had in the blend? Yes. Um, so we don't have this, this information. That's uh, okay. really, that's a limitation of our study actually, because we don't have this number. And we know that we know that it's important to know exactly the the amount of oregano essential oil we have, but um, we unfortunately unfortunately we don't have it. Okay, yeah, I understand. Um, so you sort of know the the package does this, and and many people and I have done that where you you put in a package, you know the package has value. Um, subsequent research might pull those apart, right, and have a, a arm of study which was only the oregano oil and an arm of study which was only the yeast cell walls and say, okay, what part of this effect was was being imparted by each one of those? What do you think? That's my, that'd be kind of my next study. What would be your next study? If you said, okay, I want to dive deeper into this, what what would you look for? Um, I think I'd go deep for understanding only like uh, only the central oil, like separating from, from, from the blend and, yes. and maybe, um, working on some animals that um, like some 
older animals or animals with some disease like obesity, for example, mm -hmm. to understand the, the impact of essential oils because it has this antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. So maybe can exert uh, important properties also in this, this um, animals. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want to look for those response variables, right? So you do something like glutathione or, or look at, at any other, the antioxidant sort of markers, um, and then, of course, as far as the inflammatory markers, one could look for cytokines or even just uh, other measures of inflammation that were, uh, you know, circulating to sort of go, well, did I influence those? Uh, so that would be that would be pretty exciting. Well, what do you think? Is it just from the information you have? Would you um, would you recommend this product? I mean, I. You know, I, I've not I've not used it. I don't even know if it's available for for sale in the United States. But it sounds like you had a very positive experience with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I recommended it. Um, we, as I said, we have some we had some great um, results, um, and we also like as I said, it impacted on the palatability. And maybe for the owners, when they when they probably like are putting this blend to the animals, and they will see the animal are like not so interesting. Yeah. Yes, with the food. So like I don't know how it would be, but um, we had the results on the animal on the or the the organism. It was a really really interesting. So I I recommended it. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, just while we walk through this area. You know. Isn't there a, a balance between what's happening, you know, with the with the attraction for food versus what's happening with the benefit of the food? I myself love ice cream and chocolate, but you know, if I ate that all the time, I, I sort of recognize that's a bad <laughs> idea. Um, how do you? How would you sort of say what 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 do you look for? Is that kind of balance between what the pet loves and what the pet, what the pet sort of is yeah. best for. Yeah, that's, that's complicated <laughs> because as, as you said, um, like, you know, like ice cream, but we cannot eat ice cream every day. Yeah. Um, so that's complicated. We need to, as, as you said, we need to, to, to balance it. Eat. We need to do like a palatable food because the animal needs to eat it because the animal needs to show interest in it. But we also have to make um, uh, food that it's um, have important properties on the animals. Yeah. Um, um, also that we have like this kind of, of um, properties like modulation of gut microbiota. So it's, it's complicated to balance this, this, this situation. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Would there be a difference on life stage? You know, depending puppy and and adult and senior and then maybe what we would call geriatric, you know, with, is there a life stage thing that that's worthy of consideration with something like the oregano oil and the yeast cell yeah. walls? In our study, we um, we the animals that participated in our study was adult, but I think on senior animals it would be really great results too because senior animals also have this this um, inflammation. So I think it would be really helpful for them also um, to have this this um, contribution with with essential oils. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, help the audience as you think through this a little bit. What other 
What other essential oils? Like this is an interesting one, oregano oil. We all know oregano for the the spice, and and we we use it in small amounts, point two percent of the diet. I don't know how much that's working, but yeah, that's something. But but what other ones are out there? Do you think that that might uh, that might be interesting? That might be might be a value, or that maybe you personally have familiarity with. Um, there are also all the other essential oils. They had like rosemary essential oils. Um, I commented in the beginning about um, essential oils from plants here from Brazil. Um, a friend of mine, she performed a research um, analyzing a blend of uh, essential oils of different plants from Brazil, like from different parts of Brazil, and, and she had also really good results. And what were what were those results that that were positive? Was it microbiota again, or were there other markers? Yeah, my, uh, microbiote and also antioxidant um, properties. Mm-hmm. But and in her study, they used that animals that um, was um, they performed a dental surgery. So there was a stressor. There was a stressor sort of a part of the study in the recovery from the stress, which, of course, an anti-inflammatory component would be very valuable, I would think, in that uh, in that research area. Yes. Yeah. If you were to if you were to just, you know, you got a chance here to talk to a multiple number of people and and you want to kind of point to an area of of looking over the horizon, you know, what what would you think will be happening, you know, a year, five years down the road in this essential oil area? Um, I think that um, further we are going to have more studies analyzing it. Like we still have, as I said, not much in this in this field. But I, I think that in five or ten years, um, maybe we'll have more studies analyzing the effects on animal, on dogs and cats nutrition. Because, uh, as I said in the beginning, we have some studies analyzing the impact of essential oils on swines and poultry um, because of that um, antibiotic. They're like they're trying to substitute antibiotic. But on dogs and cats, we don't have many studies yet on nutrition because sometimes um, uh, we have some research using analog and essential oils um, on the skin, like a topical. So, so when it's done topically, um, has a lot different sort of opportunity for for activity than when done orally, doesn't it? So there's. There's quite a mix of what might be going on in the microbes of the gut that obviously the microbes of the skin just just not so closely related, not, maybe not independent, but yeah. not so closely related. Yeah, but some, some research that I, I read showed that um, when essential oils were applied topically, um, they exert this, this property of modulation of microbiote. And also in cases of dogs with otitis, um, it also reduces like some microbes such as malassezia. So it has also great results. We use it topically, but it would maybe it would be a really good um, approach, like to to analyze it topically versus um, orally, just to understand the difference. In the research you're referring to, when they uh, when they looked at those microbiota changes, was it microbiota of the skin or microbiota of the gut as well? Microbiota of the skin. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I always ask, you know, and because I think people are interested uh, in this, tell me, in the teams you've worked on, I just want to talk about the career in pet food science. 
uh, a bit, you know, and the teams you've worked on, what have you looked at for people maybe you'd like to be on a team with or like to encourage to join a team you're leading? What are the attributes you really look at that say, this is this is the individual I'm interested in? Um, like the, the characteristics of a, a yeah, person? Yeah, of a person. Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I look in like a responsibility, um, also like a dedication and also proactivity because it's it's really important. Like you you have to um, to like when you see like something like maybe a problem or something else, like you need to um, try to resolve it and try to talk to someone and to how to, how you're going to deal with it. Yes. Um, and also, I think um, that the person needs to like what um, she or he's doing. This is this is thing is really really important because there's a continuum, isn't there? Like I always sort of think about this person far to the left of this continuum who who loves their job so much they don't care if they get paid, and this person <laughs> maybe far to the other side who who cares so much about getting paid they don't really care what it is and. And, and what I hear you say is you 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 are uh, finding more success with with team members who are are maybe a little more to the side of I just really love my job you know <laughs> this is fun for me is that what you're saying Yeah, like everybody really really likes uh, like what they're doing and uh-huh. like they really have this this passion for for it so yeah but they also balance those both sides. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it has to be both, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I sure see that too. Well, what would you see, you know, as your as your career goes forward, do you think you would like to continue to work in essential oils or is this an interesting thing but you want to see others? What what do you see in the, in the future for your for your own research space? Yeah, I think it's a really a really interesting field as I said, I, yeah, I would like to to continue studying it. But yeah, I'm I'm not only this, but but yeah, I think we have much more to explore about it. Um, so like in different conti- uh, different uh, situations, in different life stages, as you said, in different um, characteristics of the animals. If the animals have some um, disease, is that if the animals is healthy, or if the animal is uh, going through some challenge, like a surgery, for example. So I think uh, we have much more to explore in this field. Yeah. And a a deeper understanding clearly needed for, you know, are we really finding an anti-inflammatory effect? Are we really finding uh, an antioxidant effect uh, with that microbiota change that you've already reported? Um, So those those areas are are certainly significant. So, yeah, that that does that does make sense. Do you have any any you know, questions, thoughts that you would like to sort of kick around here while we're while we're online? Um, I don't think so. I think that we we talk some about different um, parts, like we talk about like the essential oils, like itself, yes. and then we talk about some research about it. Oh, I have a question for you. I sort of interrupted you. I'm sorry. Please continue your thought. No, no. I was just going to to say like just a bit more about the the properties of the essential oils. For example, the um, about the modulation and how it, it it happens on the on the on the animal on the animal because I think it's it's important because um, we know it happens, uh, but we have some 
some mechanisms to how this this. Well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, so, so what do you see? We've talked about the microbiota as a mode of action. Um, is is there is there specific other areas of the pet or or specifically how you see these interacting with the microbiota? Yeah, like um, um, the essential oils, they cause a damage to the cell membrane and also to the protein membrane. And this um, will cause the leakage of some metabolite, metabolites and also ions. And also um, changing the alter- uh, the proton motive force, and then um, this um, cause the uh, the death of the the bacteria. And as I said in the beginning, the essential oils have mainly action against gram bacteria, gram positive bacteria. But the mainly components of oregano essential oils they can um, disintegrate the outer membrane of the bacteria, the gram-negative bacteria. So they also have um, action against this group of, of bacteria. So it's also um, important this. How, how does that not disrupt the mammalian cells? What's, what's protective for the pet as those disruptors hit the gut? If the, if the essential oils are binding into the, the cell membranes and, and disrupting it, wouldn't that happen? Uh, in the villi of the gut of the pet too. No, it it, it happens on like on the as I said mainly on the gram the gram positive. positive cells. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and that makes sense then how that might work as the basically as an antibiotic for the for the poultry and and swine nutritionists as they're you know trying to get away from antibiotics that might uh, that might be a, a health issue for for the basically for the the human yes. society um, yes. so, so yes. that makes sense and and it also certainly brings to mind concentration doesn't it Cause certainly that effective concentration is 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 got to be known sounds like you were able to find it with this amount you fed that's sort of why i asked the question how much how much <laughs> oregano oil is there um, yeah <laughs> what do you think about the the question i was going to ask is a regulatory space in the united states at least there's there's a lot of control about what can be put into commercial pet food and even sometimes when we know it's valuable we we can't put it in because of regulatory reasons um how, how, do you know anything about the regulatory umbrella that these oils are uh, are sold under, or are the controls that might be on them from a regulatory perspective? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I don't have like hundred um, uh, percent um, certain about it. But I think that um, it, it's controlled. But um, I think it's allowed. Like it's it's allowed here in Brazil that you put mm-hmm. into the 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 pet food. But you you have like some some limitations also like it needs to be controlled too but i'm not sure about this this regulatory regulatory part of it in the united states and europe yeah it might be quite different i i yeah it's it's a matter of just looking it up but i don't know it off the top of my head either so well that's yeah yeah i I, I don't know actually like we had like we have some limitations we have this this control on it but it's it's good to to understand about it yeah well thank you for uh, meeting today I found this very interesting I think this whole area of essential oils as we look over the 
horizon and say new things that are coming into pet food. I think this is an area that we, we will want to watch. And certainly it, it connects well with our now understanding, you know, when when I first started doing work with uh changing microbiota we had no idea you know we you know it was the 1970s you couldn't grow them you couldn't measure them you knew they were changing but you didn't know what was happening um and now this the techniques for measurement are so much better so as that comes together i can sure see i can sure see how they will they will enhance each other yeah. So thank you uh, i think this is interesting and i'm glad we could chat about it today i hope the the audiences found the areas of essential oil something that intrigues them. If you were to tell them what, where might they look? Say a, a graduate student wants to know more about essential oils. Where would you, where would you suggest they they go to find that uh, increased information, deeper information than we've been able to cover today? Um, you mean like in the website? Um... Yeah, or do you have a text you really like, or or maybe? you know, a specific paper or papers that really, really uh, authors you might, you know, search for on, on uh, you know, PubMed yeah. or Google Scholar yeah. or something. Yes, like PubMed a lot. Like I, I did a, a lot of research on, yeah. on PubMed. Um, I recommend also not um, restricting the, re- the research for dogs and cats. Like maybe go and research about the other species, like well, like swines, then you'll find more information mm-hmm. about it. And also you can look for information about essential oils on food, like um, human food, because sure. you can also use it for it. So we have a really good um, research about it, and then we can understand a bit more in this in this research. Okay. Well, that's good. We're the project that was your project and your research, were you able to publish that or is that someplace that people could read it? What was, what, yes. where has that end? <laughs> yes, it's published on the uh, journal Animals. So it's uh-huh. um, available for people who want to read it. Yeah. So so they would uh, look up your name and, and, um, they and, then, <laughs> and, and then, uh, in animals, I like the journal Animals. I publish there uh, quite a bit myself. It's it's a good journal and and I think broad uh, broad application. So yeah, yeah, it was published. It was published this this year. Congratulations! So, thank you, thank you very much. So if anyone wants to read it, um, it's it's available in that in that journal. It's a really interesting um, paper that we we wrote. Okay, Dr. Saladas, thank you for your time today. I very much enjoyed learning a little bit more about essential uh, oils and, and thinking about oregano oil at 0.3% uh, with some with some yeast. yeast. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. wow. <laughs> but, uh, interesting, positive results. So that's fascinating. Yeah, okay. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for our conversation. Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wisemetics, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. 
With our experienced team at the help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business.